This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Okay, we are now going to switch gears. And uh, if anybody has been driving near the Eglinton LRT, you know what kind of a mess is going on around there. The latest delay in the construction is jeopardizing the livelihoods of dozens of business owners and their families and stressing and inconveniencing lots and lots of other people who either work or drive in that neighborhood. Um, First, there was a delay. Uh, it was supposed to be finished this year. First, there was a delay pushing that to 2021. And we just learned that the new deadline is 2022. Councillors Josh Matlow and Mike Cole are calling for compensation. Councillor Mike Cole, Ward 8 Eglinton Lawrence, joins me now along with Nick Alampi of the York Eglinton Business Improvement Area. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. So thank you, uh, Libby, and hello, Nick. Hey, Mike, thank you, and Nick from the York Eglinton Area. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Mike Cole, you uh, uh, you say that you know of a hundred businesses that have gone under because of this. Yes, uh, I've been counting them uh, since uh, early last year, basically from uh, Keel Street uh, all the way over to Young Street, and there's at least a hundred at the time I did the count. Uh, they're closing, and I'm sure we're uh, Nick is right in the middle of it, and. Uh, he'll tell you how they've been falling like flies along Eglinton, especially where he is there, right in the uh, heart of the construction near the uh, Eglinton West Station. Uh, yeah, Nick, so 100, but I'm sure that a lot more than that are actually struggling. And they definitely are due to the recent announcement that just came out, especially there's a lot of people who are unsure whether or not they can hold on. Uh, for those that their leases are coming up and for those who want to invest in the area, uh, there's a big challenge of will there, will there be another delay? And if I do put future investment in here, is it a smart move to do right now or just wait? And that's the biggest frustration for us as a BIA and independent business owners. Okay, uh, so let me just give the numbers out again. I'd like to hear from people, even if you drive around there or, you know, if you used to frequent some businesses around there, do you avoid it? I can tell you that uh, I occasionally used to go up there and uh, I don't anymore, not unless I absolutely have to. And I'm sorry to say that, but it's just too much of a hassle. And frankly, it's kind of deja vu all over again. I actually live near St. Clair, and I think the number there was about 60 businesses at least went under. And the strip is now fabulous, but uh, a lot of people had to pay for that with their livelihood. So uh, people, if you drive around there, if you work around there, if you uh, 
enjoy yourself around there. If you frequent any businesses, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-740-4740. I'm talking to my uh, counselor, Mike Cole, and to Nick Alampi from the York Eglinton BIA. And one of the things you say, Mike Cole, is that you want the authorities to stop treating business people as collateral damage with these projects. Yes, uh, what happens is uh, when there's a trailer parked in front of your business on your front door, not for a day or two or for six months, and they really don't have any way of uh, helping that person, they just say, well, you've got to live with it. Meanwhile, that business uh, goes under because they cannot pay their uh, rent. They, they, no customers come in, so Metrolink just says, Oh, well, we'll help you. We'll clean up in front or put up a sign for you. But meanwhile, they cannot sustain a trailer parked in front of their door, uh, which there is just uh, west of Oakwood on Eglinton. They can't sustain that for months and months and up to a couple of years. And, and I'm agreeing with Michael on this because, Libby, as you mentioned, St. Clair went through the hardship that they did, but it's a completely different ballgame. St. Clair was a City of Toronto project. This is a Metrolinks project, which is, again, all three levels of government. And today, I know a lot of business would say they would love some financial support, but I guarantee that there'd be a lot that wouldn't mind even some form of support of a investment back into their business due to the hardship that's happening. Even if it's like a, uh, a mortgage or a loan that's barely, very little interest to no interest just to extend their businesses. A lot of them right now are asking some form of financial support, yes, but they're not looking to take it and run. They're looking to sustain the area and keep its culture vibrant with its services, specifically with food, services in regards to any other hair, fashion, dental, medical, all of that that's happening that's still here is essential, but it's, it's having its hardship when its customers and its patrons are saying, I'm afraid to park there. I'm afraid to be there. I'm afraid to drive there. It's taking too long. It's taking too much of my time. That's where we're going back to Crosslinks and Metrolinks and saying, enough is enough. We, we've taken it. There's businesses that have not survived. Now we want some help, and the help should be in some form of compensation in regards to other projects that are happening across Canada. Well, Michael, uh, he, hit the, no, he hit it on the head that the other projects were city projects, but in those cases, the businesses did not get compensated. But, you know, Libby, the city projects are usually short-term. Like Nick said, uh, St. Clair was a limited project. They didn't have, there was no tunneling. I mean, we're Okay, do you know how many years it took, Mike? Do you remember? It was a four-year project with no tunneling, no underground stations. I mean, this is the largest transit project ever in North America. We're talking 19 kilometers of mining, of tunneling, of... uh, I mean, it is uh, beyond the scope of anybody to appreciate unless, like you said, people who drive there. But can you imagine if you've got a store there or if you uh, live there and what you've put up with for the last nine years? And then they say, by the way, they say somewhere near the end of 2022, which means who knows uh, whether it's going to be 23, 24. The, the uncertainty, as Nick said, is really troubling because you have to have money aside to buy your stock, to do your uh, rentals in your store, etc. And you're not going to do that now with this latest announcement 
what are you going to do? Well, exactly. And I guess that there's also a consideration that if you can hang on when this thing is ultimately built, that real estate's going to be worth a lot more. Yeah, but remember, the owners of the real estate property, the stores, are not necessarily the people that own the businesses. So there's two different things. So if you own the property, you're going to have an asset that's going to be worth more, no doubt. But on Eglinton there, and the part we're talking about where Nick is, Nick, I guess most of the people are tenant uh, owners, aren't they? Yeah, but it'll it'll still be a really good place to have a store once it's built. But who can get through 10, 12 years of uh, a trailer parked in front of your door? And Libby, here's the other thing I'd like to point out. You mentioned that you no longer commute through this area. So therefore you don't know what potential essential services are still remaining in the area because now you found an alternative way to head home. Where for us as business owners, that's where, where our commerce came from, where somebody would drive by and say, oh my God, there is a flower shop. Oh my God, there is a shoe shop that you never knew about before. Where now, because you're commuting differently, what is that future cost to me going to be as a business owner and the businesses that are here today that are losing out? Uh, yeah, I mean, all of that is true. Uh, Mike, you've said, you've you've admitted that it's a question of millions of dollars for compensation. I mean, uh, where would that money come from? Well, you know, it is uh, a serious amount of money we need here. We have had, let's say, small amounts of money from Metrolinx to help with some advertising, but it's been a very fraction of what is needed. So that's why I'm being right up front and saying this is going to cost millions because we have to sustain these businesses uh, for not just uh, this year or next year. And so we've got to get them back on their feet. So it's going to take uh, money. But remember, this is a multi-billion dollar project that's in the vicinity of $8 billion, and the construction contracts are in the billions. The uh, people that are so lucky as union workers are making 50 60 70 bucks an hour to work on this construction. Meanwhile, uh, they should have a little bit of money put aside to keep the people that have been suffering through this. And by the way, Libby, they've been suffering through this like Nick and others patiently. We've been supporters of the subway. But, you know, this was like the breaking point uh, yesterday when they said, oh, well, by the way, another two years. Uh, so that's when we sort of said enough is enough. We need some real help and we need basically money to keep these, and you remember, we need money to keep them working. They don't want to put the money in their pocket. They're going to put it back into the business and employ a couple of people. But again, you haven't answered me. So who pays? Is it is it is the, the private companies? Or? No, the provincial government who is paying for this project 100% should be paying for it because they're the ones that have put up the uh, billions and given out billions to the construction companies. So they've got to have some of the money that the province gives to local business to keep them going. But, I, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's just the other pocket in the, the taxpayer's back pocket. Yes, but remember, if you keep the business going, they will employ people, they will pay taxes, you know, so it all comes back. But right now, they need a bit of help getting through yeah, this. A full store of people. But, I need this done. S- sorry? And, and- and, and one of the things I agree with Mike is right now is the fact that, you know, you know, in the future, it says, should we should the, the contractor be the one to compensate for this instead of the taxpayers? Because they are being paid and they're not meeting certain deadlines. Or did Metrolinx not be clear on the direction of what they want to see to Crosslinks to make sure the contract is being done or adhered to? At the end of the day, we, the business owners here on Eglinton, are feeling 
difficulty. Whoever made a future plan of how to sustain it up to now, this is where we're saying we can't because it's at a point where nobody is getting clear understanding or direction of saying, how could you get the compensation? What funding could we apply for to help with sustainability moving forward? Uh, Mike, let me ask you this. When when these projects are announced and the deadline is announced, was was that just a bunch of baloney to make politicians look good? I mean, in this particular case, they said they found something that was completely unforeseen. They had no idea about it, some old pipe or something. But but is is it a problem that that the completion dates are regularly underestimated and that means the businesses don't know what to plan for, but everybody looks good? Well, you know, Libby, you've done many of these uh, fight-back shows on home repairs and renovations. You know, the same thing happens there, right? Well, the contractor says, we'll have that addition done in uh, three uh, months, and it's six months. So you just got to multiply that home renovation by billions, and you see what we're faced with. So every contractor sort of gives you a date and uh, makes promises, make commitments, uh, you know, they have plans, and you take them on their word. And these are world-renowned companies that are working uh, on uh, this project up here. It's not fly-by-night. They're, they're huge multinational, uh, Ellis, Don, etc. I mean, these are not companies without good reputations. Mike, have you had any kind of reaction to this proposal that, that these businesses deserve compensation? Well, interestingly enough, the good news is... Uh, this morning, uh, I got a letter from the Minister of Transportation, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, she is writing the uh, Board of Directors Chair of Metrolinks, and uh, here she is expressing uh, a grave concern about the delay and saying that uh, uh, she wants Metrolinks to continue to work uh, with local businesses. Uh, she, wants us, she wants Metrolinks to uh, work with the city local business areas, and individual business to understand the impacts and develop a mitigation plan to help lessen any hardships. So that was the response this morning. So I think we got some attention up there at Queen's Park. Yeah, the, I, I, don't, I don't see anything about or hear anything about money in that. Yeah, right? but uh, I understand mitigation plan. Well, I'm going to make sure that uh, there's a dollar sign in there because, frankly, without some kind of financial bridge, a loan, as Nick said, something like that. There's got to be, without money, there's no way they can pay their employees. There's no way they can keep their door. You know, pay for heat. Uh, this is how bad it's going to be. You know, one of the ladies, you know her well, Debbie there on Eglinton, she was uh, selling fruit on the corner because nobody could get into her store to buy clothing. And, and that's a great example because, again, these are where businesses on Eglinton are trying to be extremely resourceful and in, in, in trying to adapt to what is happening, whether it's, you know, trying to find accommodations for customers, whether it's trying to provide delivery services or whether they're doing valet uh, services to, you know, get people to come shop in their businesses. Uh, but at the end of the day, Mike, and, and, and this is Libby, I even say, is like, this is a lot of, we're hearing it again. And, you know, the contributions that Metrolinx has done in the past for the eight years has been a spit in the bucket from what they could have been providing as essential services to us. Um, we hear how Metrolinx spends large money to community events or community services to support uh, the local community. But again, as the businesses that are suffering, we're paying for this. We're paying them to be there. We're paying them to occupy the space in the front, but we're still losing out because 
if there are dollars more to come out, this is still dollars that we're losing out. So, uh, again, we're hoping to hear more. The, the announcement that came out from Queen's Park is great, but again, Libby, you mentioned it, we need clarity as a business, and that's what we're asking, and we're encouraging Mike to put that pressure on. Okay, uh, so, so Mike, wh- what do you do next? Well, we need more people like uh, Nick Alampi and the York Eglinton Business uh, BIA there to speak out like he's doing, and... Uh, uh, because I can, uh, you know, ring the alarm bells and Councillor Matlow, we can do our thing. But as Nick knows, uh, we got to get more business people to uh, ask uh, the province to support uh, this call for compensation. And because you can't blame the province either, because if they're not getting emails, calls uh, directly, they're not going to take action because they've got all kinds of other uh, important things to deal with. So. We urge people right across Eglinton to get in touch with your provincial government members, your city councillors, everybody, to say we need a, a plan with some money to help us get through this really tough, difficult time coming ahead. Okay, and Nick Alampi, anything you want to leave us with? I'm hoping that everything that's being heard today and said is going to be completed with proper action, and we're looking forward as our membership for some form of support because they are in need of it, and they're they're tired of what's being talked about they want action so oh. we're hoping in the next few days we'll start seeing something okay thank you so much councillor mike cole ward eight eglinton lawrence and nick alampi chair of the york eglinton bia thanks Libby. Thanks, okay Libby. we'll be seeing you in the area okay we'll be following up on this you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.